Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and as ever, our resident TV critic, Stephen Ross, is here. We are also joined this week by Mark Dunford, editor at the Crawley Observer. Remember, if you want to see our faces, you can head over to the brand new Freeview channel 276 Shots, which is brought to you by a network of journalists across the country who are transforming stories at the heart of your community into great TV. You'll find true crime stories, football news and analysis, plus coverage of lifestyle, TV, film and much more. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive. This week, Stephen is going to talk to us about sex education, which is returning to our screens this week. And finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed, although I'm not sure how you could have missed this one in some guise or other. Mark is bringing <laughs> us a big hitter today, The West Wing. It's funny when we when we do things like the big, big, big ones and you're like, how have we never spoken about this before? <laughs> the podcast is nearly going for a year. Oh, we've not talked about the West Wing before. Uh, so we're very excited to have you here, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So first, we like to talk about what everybody has been watching. So Stephen, tell us, what have you been watching since we last saw each other? Well, shall I start off lighthearted or shall I start off with the Russell Brand doc? <laughs> oh, I watched the Russell Brand doc too. So let's go with lighthearted to start. Then. Okay, right. Well, I've been watching the latest season of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, oh, good. Okay. Eight new episodes. I watched them all in about three days. And yeah, better than the last season. I remember. I saw yeah, you did it on Back to the Future, didn't you? A few months ago. And you were sort of like, oh, it's gone a bit downhill was the kind of yeah, ultimate the latest, sort of the review. The season before this one, season 15, was a bit. Uh, yeah. This this season sort of picks it up again. It's not as good as it was in its prime, I think. Heyday. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think after like sort of the. 13th 14th season it was getting on a bit too much so, um, so I'm right in saying that the previous season it was like they all went to Ireland yeah, to I don't know which was fine find their heritage really, or whatever a bit of an unnecessary sort of gimmick yeah. whereas this is all back in, in Philly and yeah some of the episodes are really good and there's some none of them are terrible but some of them are a bit bit meh uh, the last mm. episode's pretty good but it, it interestingly only really features Dennis the last episode which is, is kind of oh. weird because you'd think the final episode of a season, you'd have all of the characters in yeah. it. Um, but it's actually a really good episode, very okay. funny. Um, is that shorter? Is that a shorter series than they normally do? Well, the last season was eight episodes as well. It, I think oh. they used to be a lot longer. I'm not sure how long. Mm. And then it was 10 for a couple of seasons and now it's gone to, down to eight. I think they're probably putting more production value into it now. Um, and okay. it's more expensive to produce so they do yep. it, but it does seem like not very much when it's almost like a sitcom and you're waiting a year or two and then eight half mm. hours come out and then you're done again um, yeah and it doesn't also, seem like a lot this season didn't feature enough of the side characters I don't think so I don't know if you guys watch Always Sunny but Cricket is one of sort of the, the best mm. side characters and I think he's only in one episode Um mm. Which is a shame. It's, it sounds a little bit like a dying light. You know what I mean? There's just sort of like it's, I don't know, they're like hanging on to it, aren't they? Maybe it's time to yeah. give up. Like. Well, I think it's still really popular. It's been renewed up to season 18 already. Oh, has it? Yeah. <laughs> I just hope that they do 17 and 18 and then maybe they think about doing other things. 
Mm. Yeah. Have you watched it, Mark? Are you a fan? No, I've watched clips on TikTok and bloopers and stuff and find it really funny, but yeah. I've never actually sat down and actually watched a series. I prefer the spin-off Welcome it's to Rachel. The bloopers time. are great. The bloopers are <laughs> yeah. probably probably yeah. better than, than the show in some ways. Mm. Really? <laughs> I did watch a few episodes early on and I enjoyed it, but I felt I'm not a big sitcom person. Like if it's the same kind of gags in every, you know, like the same scenario, the same sort of, so that doesn't always float my boat. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's some really good actors and stuff in it and funny people. Yeah, not really for me. So, okay, from moving from the light to the dark then, Stephen. <laughs> Russell Brand, Jesus. Yeah, that was a lot, wasn't it? I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it Saturday night because I was at a thing. But I watched it Sunday night and, yeah, it was an uncomfortable watch, wasn't it? Yeah, interesting doc. Very good, I guess. Um, yeah. But pretty uncomfy, yeah. The one yeah. thing that really struck me about it, if we're just talking about the production of the thing, was um, how much time and effort that must have got into getting all those clips they had of his stand-up, you know, yeah. and the little things, the throwaway comments, the, the bits, like that was like having done some work in ar finding archive footage myself in the past, it's not easy. Like it's yeah. laborious, you know, and to find content that was so relevant, you know, mind but, you, uh, by with the Russell, thing, he was at it. Yeah, he was at it the whole time, wasn't he? But, yeah, if you look at any of his stand-up sets, you're probably going to find a something. few of those lines. Yeah, but it, it was... I thought it was very convincing and very um, well put together, I have to say. Yeah. But yeah, it was a lot. Did you watch it, Mark? Did you see it? No, it's one of those things where I said to my wife, we're going to sit down and watch this. And then she hasn't found the time to sit and watch it with me. So because we both want to sit and watch it's it. It's an hour and a half. So it's a commitment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite enjoying seeing all the all the previous interviews sort of surf, resurface now with different people and that and just things mm -hmm. are like Sean Locke on 8 out of 10 cats um, talking about Russell Brand and that, yes. just seeing all these new things coming by resurfacing and that's fascinating yeah I, I particularly enjoyed Bob Geldof's one word <laughs> review <laughs> it was very good um, but yeah Bob Geldof friend of Screen Babble I'll have you know <laughs> obviously without going into the content too much you know I think this is something that's going to run and run isn't it like and there's probably going to be more definitely more in the papers about it um, and as more people come forward etc so I'm sure there'll be more updates but I think it's really interesting when we see these um, collaborations you know between the newspapers and the documentary mm. makers and Channel 4 or whatever you know it's cool to see that and especially when there's this sort of element which I always find a little bit uncomfortable it's like when the BBC News are reporting on themselves or when Channel 4 is slagging itself off you know there's always something a bit like um uh, this is a bit strangely weird and I don't know, like self-reflexive, but also not, you know. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what else comes forward. I think actually I heard that the reason they collaborated was because they both just found out that the other one was doing the investigation. They thought they'd get further together, you know, so makes sense yeah pretty heavy viewing all right so mark what about you what have you been watching recently so i've been to the cinema a couple of times but i saw um uh, the haunting in venice the latest hercule poirot kenneth branagh movie and oh yes it's the first i think it's the third yes. one he's done after uh, murder in the orient express and death on the nile and i have to say yeah. it's my favorite one mm -hmm. out of the three uh, really yeah it's not yeah i i heard it's kind of like you know he, he sort of does it well and that's exactly it you know <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it is really dark and genuinely scary, but it's, it seems much more intimate. There's, there's less star, it's less star based because obviously the first two films, 
everybody was a famous actor and it was amazing. It's great mm. just watching all these famous people act together. This one, you've got Jamie Dornan, you've got yeah, Kelly Russell Brand was in the second one. He is, Russell Brand was in the second he one. Yeah, 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 forgotten about that. Now, yeah. yeah. But um, Tina, Tina Fey is really good in this one and it's sort of like a sort of twist on her only murders character. If, it, if her character was in a different multiverse, this would be her kind of thing. It was... Um, yeah, she's really okay. good, and she basically tempts Poirot out of retirement to sort of debunk a um, uh, medium, Michelle Yeoh's medium, and yeah, it's just really good value, really scary, and it's only an hour and forty minutes as well, because normally you expect these sort of epic detective stories and that. So uh, it's funny that you're saying really scary for a Poirot, you know, like it's um... yeah. Although, yeah, I, I I get that. Like, obviously, you can kind of accentuate the darker spots or whatever, like, you know. But, yeah, so is this, like, do you think he's going to keep going with these, like? Um, I personally don't. Has he got more on the carrots? I personally don't want him to because I, I think it's had its sort of run. Yeah. But I think he probably will because they, they do seem to be successful and he does seem to be able to attract good casts and that. So I imagine there will be maybe a few more. Okay. And what else? What else have you been watching? Well, on uh, TV, I've been watching The Lovers, which has just come to Sky Atlantic, and it's written by Dave, yeah. David Ireland, who's wrote two episodes of Young Offenders, and it's um, it's about... Okay. Yeah, it's about um, Johnny Flynn plays Seamus O'Hannigan. He's a radio presenter who's just moved into TV. He's given a Sunday politics kind of show, but they're filming it in Belfast, mm-hmm. and... He meets a supermarket worker, Janet, played by Rosie Gallagher. And in a very contrived set of circumstances, they meet together and then basically agree to have an affair. And it's all about how their, mm-hmm. their relationship, and it's very kind of Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy kind of back and forth with them and mm-hmm. that. And uh, it's really funny, but it's tonally a little bit all over the place because one minute there's a really bit of slapstick humour and then it will be talking about su- yeah. suicide and the troubles in Northern Ireland. And it, it's okay, some, right. yeah, so sometimes it gets a little bit dark in that sense. But when it's funny, it's yeah. really funny. And it is. And those two have great chemistry, Johnny Flynn and uh, Rogan Gallagher. Um, but yeah, it's worth a watch. I was definitely drawn to it. I saw a couple of ads for it and then I realised it was on Sky Atlantic, which I don't have. I was like, damn it. Um, I presume it'll come to Sky at some point. Um, the, the Mere Mortal channels. <laughs> yeah, I think that's interesting because what you're saying about the sort of funny stuff with a dark edge, that seems to be very trendy at the moment. You know, like that series, Then You Run recently, there's quite a lot of humour in that, even though it was quite violent crime thing. Yeah. And actually leading on from what you're saying as well, I've been watching that um, the following events are based on a pack of lies and it's a similar thing as well. It's that very dark comedy where it's switching between like very sort of serious issues and like, as you say, a bit of slapstick and people falling over and stuff like that, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's obviously a trend, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, you're giving it a good review then. I am indeed, and it's only six episodes, 30-minute episodes, so we watched it all in a Sunday afternoon. Oh, thank God. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I love the I love the 30 minute jobs. OK, cool. So, yeah, as I said, yeah, that following events based pack lies. I'm not quite finished it yet. It's all right. It's all right. It's not great. <laughs> I've given up on a few things. I was very I was very excited about the woman in the wall and I've just completely lost all interest in it. I've totally given up on it, which is a shame. I have started the second series of The Tower, which was on recently, and I'm really enjoying that. Um, but I'll give you a more fulsome review in a few weeks on that one. And yeah, the other thing I wanted to talk about, obviously, was the Russell Brand documentary. So, oh, and confession time. My husband was away on a work trip last week. So I had like the TV to myself for the week. So I took a recommendation I've been getting for about four years, which is 
below deck. Mm. <laughs> and I started watching Stephen's face. <laughs> I knew he'd be disgusted with me. <sighs> and you know what? In the realm of like, you know, absolutely, you don't need to have any consciousness whatsoever when you're watching a thing. It's fine. It's grand. <laughs> now, I think the later series are better than the earlier series. But um, again, maybe I'll give you a more fulsome review in a few months when I've got through all <laughs> I don't think Stephen six, wants six that. series or whatever it is. <laughs> no, definitely not. But I love to I love to present Stephen with um, programs he'd never watch anyway, just to challenge him a little bit. <laughs> Although this is the opposite of challenge, I must admit. You should watch The Ultimatum on Netflix. I've been watching that recently as well. It's very good. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> What is that? Tell us about that. Uh, it's um, basically five couples. The one of each couple has given the other an ultimatum to get married. If the other one doesn't want to get married, okay. they all get together. They basically effectively split up, and they pick another partner, and they live with them for three weeks, and then basically decide oh. if the the person they want to marry is the person they've moved in with or the person they did split up with. And then they spend another three weeks with the original person. Oh my God. It is, it's great entertainment. I mean, why you would ever go on a show like that, I would never know, but it's great watching. No, so destructive, but I suppose it's kind of a, you didn't know how lucky you were kind of thing. I guess they're trying to teach people. Okay, cool. Right, we better move along then. So, Stephen, this week we are talking about sex education on the deep dive. It's back for its fourth and final season today. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, cool. as in Thursday it. when this goes out, yeah. Um, yep. So I've watched the entire final season now. Sex Education is probably one of my favourite shows of sort of that's come out in the last sort of 10, 15 years. Um, yep. I, I watched the first episode of the first show a while ago and just thought it was a bit crap and then went back to it and properly watched the full season and thought, wow, this is really good. So, yeah, obviously the show is about two students at a school who one of whom sort of sets up a informal sex education clinic to help other students because he realizes that everyone at the school is having really awkward sexual encounters and he's trying to help them you know navigate their teen angst uh-huh. about it um, and he sort of falls for the woman who he set the clinic up with called Maeve and by the end of season three they've kind of got together but Maeve has just been given a, an internship to study in the US. So it's kind of a whole, how is that going to pan out now that she's in America and he's still in the UK? Uh-huh. And because it's sort of an ensemble series, there's a lot of really likeable and important side characters. So you have Adam, who was like this horrific bully in the first season, but then... We find out he's been dealing with a lot of stuff at home and his own sexuality, mm-hmm. and he gets a really good final season. Okay. Uh, he sort of really comes full circle, I guess. And Eric, who is a um, a gay Nigerian man who is also deeply Christian, and he's got that's this series is very the final series is very much him sort of trying to reconcile his church with his sexuality, and that's okay. really good as well. Um, I always, I think Otis is the least likable person in the show, and he's the main character who sets up the mm. clinic. He just, mm-hmm. and even in this latest season, he really doesn't seem to have learned any lessons from the past three. <laughs> as insecure and still as sort of unable to deal with sort of any adult relationship issues. <laughs> but yeah, there's some really 
emotional, sort of heart-wrenching scenes in this season. The final episode is really good. It's handled really well, but they do have a lot to tie up because of how many characters there are. So in some ways it feels a bit, maybe they could have made it like 10 episodes this season. Okay. And um, if people aren't familiar with it, they would know Gillian Anderson. Is she still in it? She's like a sex therapist. Gillian Anderson returns as as Otis's mum. Yeah, she's sort of dealing with, I guess, postnatal depression after having like quite a traumatic birth in the finale of the the last season. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's starting up a radio show where she basically gives her... So she's a sex therapist, which is where her son sort of gets his knowledge from so Mm -hmm. she sets up a radio show but she's not sure if maybe she's moved into it a bit early because she's still you know trying to be a a mum again um she's great in it emma mackey is Maeve wiley and she's she's fantastic again the cootie gatwa who is now going to be the new doctor is eric and he's he's brilliant in this season um yeah there's a lot to tie up and it's a quite busy season but it's Mm. It's really good. They introduced some good new characters as well. So O is sort of a rival sex therapist at the new school mm-hmm. um, that they've moved to following the sort of closure of the old school in the last season. Um, yeah, it's it's just, um, it deals with some really like tough issues. Like there's, there's a character who has this, like her first proper boyfriend and then sort of realises that he's quite emotionally abusive. A character who wants to find out more about his parents. He's got two mums and he doesn't know his dad and he wants to find out who his dad is. Mm-hmm. There's a disabled character who's sort of finally built up the strength to actually complain about the lack of facilities that are on offer for him because they're at this school that's supposed to be really progressive and woke mm-hmm. and then he still can't get to his lessons because the lift is never working. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's really good and it really deals with really tough issues in quite a funny and engaging way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I've actually always heard good things about it as well. Alex really liked it, didn't he? He was, he was always talking about it. Um, I think there's, uh, yeah, is it, are they hour long episodes? And how many, how many did you say was in each? Oh, season? an hour, yeah. The final season's about an hour, 55 minutes to an hour. Yeah. The, there's eight episodes, but then the final episode is like 80, 85 minutes um, okay. because there's so much to sort of pack into it. Um, but yeah, there's, yeah, the final season is a bit, I don't know if anyone's seen normal people, but there's that sort yeah, of yeah. like sense of everything's coming to an end because, mm-hmm. you know, they're finishing school and they're going to have to go on to like the next step of their career. And that's really good, but then it's also quite bittersweet because that naturally means that some relationships yeah. will end and others will begin and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Without giving too much away, it's, it ends on a quite bittersweet note. Oh, okay. That sounds really good. I think maybe I should ditch Below Deck and start sex education <laughs> instead. I would. I would. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, thanks for that, Stephen. Oh, it's um, Netflix, is it? Netflix, all episodes yep. released in one go on Thursday. Okay. So today as this goes out. Great. Thank you very much. Right, Mark, you are here to tell us about The West Wing. I have never watched it. 
I know that is terrible. Um, I've probably accidentally seen a few episodes, but it is categorically up there as one of the big series of all time. And definitely one of, it's old enough to have been like a box set, wasn't it? You know, back in the days of people would buy a box set and binge the whole That's thing. That's how whatever. I watched it before it was on Channel yeah. 4. I bought yeah. the DVD box. Yeah. So tell us, Mark, take us back to 1999, is it, when it started? Yeah, that's right. It's yeah, pre-millennium, my God. Yeah, it's crazy. The heady days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, 1999 to 2006 it ran for, seven series, 155 episodes, uh, written by Aaron Sorkin, who obviously wrote A Few Good Men, Social Network, American President, and it follows the lives of the staffers of the West Wing and the day-to-day matters of the uh, federal government's executive branch. And, I mean... What mm-hmm. is what my I love about it is just the cast. It is the perfect ensemble cast in there. You've got Martin Sheen playing President Bartlett, Chief of Staff Leo McGarry, mm-hmm. John Spencer, Deputy Chief of Staff uh, Josh Lyman played by Bradley Whitford, Press Secretary CJ Craig play, played by the incredible Alison Janney. I love Alison Janney so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her as well. She's great, yeah. Oh, she's everything she does is just really good. Um, Director of communications, Toby Ziegler, Richard Schiff. And then obviously you've got Rob Lowe as well as uh, deputy, uh, his, uh, Toby Ziegler's deputy, Sam Seaborn. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And um, then, and then you've also got the sort of their, their staff as Janelle Maloney plays um, Josh Lyman's assistant, Jill Hill plays Charlie Young, who is the president's bag man. And yeah, basically it follows their lives within the West Wing and just what goes on during the hours. That, well, I say they work seem to work 24-7, all of them. But um, the first three, mm-hmm. se- three and a half seasons cover the first, his first term in, as president, President Bartlett. Mm-hmm. And then the final three and a half, and this yeah. is a little bit of a spoiler, he wins the second term. It's his second yeah. term. And then, um, but it also covered yeah. the second half of the series obviously covers the... Um, presidential race who's going to take over and that's when jimmy schmitz comes in Mm -hmm. as a kind of president obama kind of character and you've got alan alder who's the republican um candidate um arnie vinnick and yeah and i forgot he was in it actually yeah yeah yeah. and alan alder's great um but um that's where i think that's where i think it does the only sort of negative for it is when Aaron Sorkin left the series, he left after the series four because he had a fallout with the studio. He was over time on deadlines, script deadlines, budgets and that. So John Wales, who was the showrunner for ER, he came on board and then did the. So I would say the first three, four series are sort of 10 out of 10. And then the second sort of three series are probably eight out of 10. But love it. Okay. And even though it looks a bit dated at times, there's big mobile phones, hair, haircuts, fashion, all that looks a bit dated. That it still touches on subjects that are so. I think that's part of it now, though. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. But- I think. I think like part of it is. That, yeah. It's like, a, and it's also like almost another time because it's when when you know politics was a bit less insane, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. It's funny because it's one of the things you always hear about it is the writing, isn't it? It's always been no, sort of way up there for the for the writing. Yeah, mm. that there was these conversations between the lead characters that were just so well put together. So yeah, yeah. Oh God, that's so on my to do list. It's kind of embarrassing, right? Go, so yeah. So what? So first three series are stronger than the others, but definitely all worth worth finishing oh, straight to the end. Yeah, absolutely. And, and did you did you enjoy the finale without giving too much away? I did. I was. I think I cried the whole last episode, kind of thing. But it <laughs> it, it, it it does tie it all up. It ends with the inauguration of the new president and 
how President Barlett yeah. copes with not being president anymore. And it, it does. I think it does it really well. And, <laughs> and do you spend the whole thing going, I wish he was a real president in America? I bet you do. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, it'd be fascinating to watch it now, how he'd handle <laughs> dealing with a Trump type Republican and the insurrection yeah, and things like that. It'd be fascinating to watch how they would do yeah, it now. Yeah, lovely. Cool. It might get a reboot at some point, I wonder, maybe. Mm. Although, as you say, Stephen, it's too reality is too strange now to... You couldn't, you couldn't actually try to emulate it or make it up because you couldn't, as they say, reality is stranger than fiction. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Mark. Tell us again where people can watch it. It's on Channel 4. You can stream it on there. And it's also on Freevee on Amazon Prime as well. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay. Well, you'll have to have a think about now what other big hit are you going to come back and talk to us about in the future mm, yeah, <laughs> and get watching. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. Do look out for Friday morning's Screen Babble Weekend Watch, which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives, drop us a line via our social media. You'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other platforms as National World. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back next week with more Screen Babble. Bye. 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 Bye.